The future of healthcare is exciting with many new therapies finding incredible success. The Heroic Dose brought to you by Microdose is a one-day virtual conference that will explore the use of psychedelic therapies in military veterans and first responders in an effort to combat the alarming rates of PTSD, substance abuse, and suicide in this coveted yet undeserved demographic. Topics discussed include the therapeutic potential of psychedelics over opioids for pain management, reducing the graduation of acute pain to chronic pain, and preventing suicide in the long run. The Heroic Dose will cover the intersection of clinical care, research, and investment arenas. Now, while this is an all-day event on April 22nd, yours truly will be moderating a panel at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The panels focus the altered state of combat veteran trauma and the quest for novel therapeutics in psychedelic substances history and overview of current treatments. And the panel will feature four veterans who have used psychedelic therapies to combat PTSD, trauma, opioid addiction, and I would love to show them some support from the phenomenal Brian Nichols Show audience. So please follow the link to the show notes to the Microdose website and sign up for this incredible virtual conference. And if you are a veteran, a 100% discount will be applied at checkout. Again, that's the Heroic Dose brought to you by Microdose. Link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Happy Sunday, and welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. I am your humble host, Brian Nichols, and today we are continuing with our Sunday Candidate Highlight series, and we are now venturing to uh, the state that I hail from, Pennsylvania, as we are introduced to Tim McMaster, who is running for State Senate in Pennsylvania. Listen as you get to learn why Tim is running for uh, State Senate here in PA, and specifically, what issues do uh, does Tim identify as some of the top issues? Hint, hint, yes, it is what we are seeing reoccurring across all the conversations we're having, the lockdowns across the border, are something that a lot of people are absolutely concerned about, and for good reason. So, Tim digs into all that and more. So, that being said, on to the show, Tim McMaster here on The Brian Nichols Show. I am doing great, Brian. How are you doing, sir? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad to have you, Tim. Thank you for joining The Brian Nichols Show. And as I say to every candidate that we have on the program, number one, thank you for taking the slings and arrows. We need folks out there who are willing to fight the good fight. And in this case, it is in the public arena. I am not one who believes that we should be ignoring the political arena because at the end of the day, guess what? The Republicans and Democrats and the leftists and such, they're not going to be ignoring the public arena. They're going to be going out there and using policy to make us do things and quite literally doing the opposite of what we talk about here in The Brian Nichols Show, which is don't hurt people and don't take people's stuff, much like the one and uh, only Matt Kibbe uh, had, has been so great. At, uh, it was a great book, if you hadn't read that by chance yet there, Tim. But Tim, welcome to the program. You're, you're doing a lot of work and you're helping raise up a lot of issues to the voters in PA. Let's start off introducing yourself, though, to The Brian Nichols show audience what got you into politics and why is a libertarian well i i've kind of always been a libertarian um i fell into it sort of in the the traditional kind of 90s kid way um i love to smoke dope in high school so in full transparency um and was at the york fair and saw the libertarian booth there and i thought huh they want to legalize marijuana that sounds great i'm in uh but then as i sort of evolved and grew and, and grew out of the, the doing of the marijuanas. Um, yeah, I know I always pluralize it for some reason. <laughs> uh, 
so I, as I grew out of that and, and sort of began to become an adult, you know, I realized how much the Libertarian Party and myself actually had in common in other ways for defending people's rights, protecting the, the rights of the individual. I mean, there's no there's no more oppressed minority than the individual. And the Libertarian Party really seeks to empower the individual. So that's sort of where I came in to libertarianism as a whole. As far as running for office, um, I met Spike Cohen during the 2020 Jorgensen campaign uh, here in New York. And he said something to me that, that really struck me. And what he said was that as libertarians, we need to not focus so much on the big enchilada, the presidential race, was to focus on the down ballot stuff, the off year stuff, the local races, so that we can show people that, hey, we're libertarians, but we're not Martians. You know, we're just people that want you to be free. We're, we're secretly plotting to take over the world and leave people alone. My goal, Tim, um, is to get exactly. you on to Spike's new program, Culture of Winning, because that's a program that focuses on libertarians who have run for office and <gasps> won, right? Yeah. And guess what? We have blueprints that we've been seeing across the United States, and this is why what Spike is doing over at Muddied Waters is so important in, in bringing on these candidates who won their respective uh, seats and, and talking about what worked. And, and one thing I'm, I'm hearing across the board from folks, you know, whether they're running as pro-liberty GOP, pro-liberty libertarians, is that going out, and quite literally, now I talk about here in the show, meeting people where they're at from a sales mentality, but in this right. case, quite literally going out and meeting them where they're at, and that's actually knocking on their door and saying, hi, my name is Bill Smith, and I'm here representing candidate, in this case, Tim McMaster for state senate here in Pennsylvania, and let's let's have a conversation and, and tell you why I think he would be a great candidate for, for you guys, and that that's something that... I think we're, we're losing a lot of people actually going out and meeting people where they're at. Yes, it's frowned upon in an era of COVID, but I'm sorry. We're, we're going to have to get back to some normality at some point, Tim. And I think meeting people where they're at, actually going out, knocking on doors, talking to, to the voters face to face, and then asking them what are their primary issues that they're dealing with on a day to day basis. That's going to be the best way that we're going to be able to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that, that I personally have been doing in addition to members of the team, members of the campaign, is for the last couple of weekends, we've actually been going. Now, I'm here in New York, and the way this district is gerrymandered, it's all of Lebanon County, um, about a third of Dolphin County, and about a third of York County. So I'm here in New York County. But we've been going over into Lebanon County for the last few weekends and just walking around the city of Lebanon, walking to the different parks, uh, going out where people are, and actually engaging with them and talking to them and saying, hey, my name is Tim. I'm just like you, except I have, you know, a tie on right now because apparently politicians always wear ties. I'm very uncomfortable in ties, but you got to do it. Um, and here's what I stand for. Here's how I think I can help you. And let's talk. How can we work together to make the 48th district and the entire state better? Not just for you, not just for me, but for all of us. You know, and I think that's one of the things that you know, that I've enjoyed most about this campaign um, is, is actually going out and meeting with people and talking with people and finding out what what is on their minds. Yeah. The things that matter to them, the things that they care about, the things that are going on in their, you know, their little patch of earth. And that's, you know, that's something that I, I, I wasn't real great at uh, from a personal level prior to starting this campaign. Uh, but it's it's really been one of the more enjoyable things about it. And you you mentioned not saying 
here's what I'm going to do for you, but let's work together. That's, exactly. That's a different message. Because I, you know, that's, that's one thing that really has infuriated me about the political class is they have forgotten that they are representatives of the people. And I've not forgotten that because I, I am one of the people. You're one of the people. You know, I, there's no difference between any of us and the guys that are, that are signing the laws or issuing the, the mandates. Uh, funny story, I met Governor Tom Wolf at a local grocery store um, a few years ago because he actually is from maybe 10 minutes from my house. Like that's where Governor Wolf lives when he's not in Harrisburg. Um, so I met him at a grocery store and I very, very politely uh, turned around in the checkout line. I said, Governor Wolf, I just want you to know, as I stuck my hand out, I didn't vote for you. I'll never support you, but have a Merry Christmas anyway. And the only the only thing I regret about that is that I, I wasn't wearing my taxation is theft T-shirt. <laughs> but apart from that, it was, you know, it was nice to actually see. He's like, I, I assume he was expecting, you know, some glad handing like, oh, Governor Wolf and somebody to fall over. And I'm like, uh-uh. He's no different than me. He puts his pants on one leg at a time. You know, the difference is I'm not getting $200,000 a year to tell everybody else they can't work. I actually have to go to work to make money. Are you, are you seeing that, Tim, right now? You're you're leading with it, so I'm assuming. Lockdowns, right? Like Governor Wolf. And, and for folks, it, it, this is wild to me, by the way. this is, it, it truly is. That there are people who listen to this program, this very program and have no context that quite literally the entire northeast is pretty much still in some weird lockdownish mentality like you yeah, walk outside in yeah. philadelphia you're gonna see people double masked up with face shields and and you know gloves on and i'm like guys what are, what are we doing but a lot of it tim it's been propagated by fear and propagated by in this case governor wolf exactly it's it's you know it's, it's and it's control. It, nothing more than that. I mean, the science, if you want to follow the science, it has been changing almost daily as to masks are effective, they're not effective, wear two masks, wear an N95, don't wear any masks. Wear seven all. masks. Come on. Just yeah, I, let's go. You know, and here's the thing. The science shows, the numbers back this up. If you're reasonably healthy, don't have multiple comorbidities, and aren't 75 years and above, you have like a 99.95 chance of even if you contracting it, you're going to be fine. And that's with anything. I mean, you really have, I mean, you have a significant chance of being struck by lightning, just walking out the door, but is everybody running around being deathly afraid of being struck by lightning? No, because you have to, you have to realize that life has risks and that by being alive, you assume, assume certain risks and then you make a decision as to how that's going to impact your life. But Tim, you know what's crazy? Like, and, and I'm going to tell you a story. This is a true story. It just happened today. I uh, was at my chiropractor, and he was telling me how one of his his uh, patients, um, and no names were used, and so no HIPAA was violated, folks. But he he was saying how you know he was super 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 skinny, and the guy is convinced that he has type one diabetes, and he's pre diabetic. It's wow. better. He got mad at his primary care doctor because the primary care doctor will not put him on a controlled diet to control the type 1 diabetes. And the guy, now, now I, don't, I forget the specific area, but he lives in an area in Jersey where you 
cost ballpark somewhere around $700,000. Okay. So he's wow. not, he's not somebody who is not well to do. Okay. So this is a guy who is doing quite well and is convinced that he has some issue. It's a, essentially he's a hypochondriac and he's mad that he's not having his doctor telling him what to do by putting him on a controlled diet to alleviate the symptoms, air quotes on symptoms, of what he's experiencing with his quote-unquote pre-post uh, uh, or uh, type 1 diabetes. And I think that right there, Tim, speaks that there's a lot of people out there, they just want to be told what to do. And yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird, they'll though. Never, they'll never admit it. And when you point it out to them, they'll they'll deny it, but they want to be controlled. And I, I've never understood that. Why somebody would would physically want another individual or government entity or even a company that you work for telling you what to do all the time. It just it's it is it boggles the mind. It does. Well, and that's why we need people like you who are actually out there raising up the alternatives. Because let's let's kind of start here as we focus more towards your specific candidacy. We're, we're entering into, an I'd say, an era of vast, vast misinformation. Um, I had uh, Donnie Gebert on the program talking about a sea of misinformation from his experience in the um, in the military and in the, in, uh, in the uh, my goodness, I forget his specific sector he was in, but in his intelligence sector, more or less, that he was in, hearing just and seeing firsthand how much disinformation there was. And then you couple that to what we're seeing right now with the, the fear campaign and how we are getting people controlled by the narrative. So, Tim, I, I'm going to dare say I think the number one issue, and we did start to mention it here, is these government lockdowns. So what would be a Tim McMaster approach to uh, these lockdowns? How, how would we be able to to rein in some of the uh, the government authority we've had thus far? Well, as a senator, I would immediately put forth um, to completely and totally open Pennsylvania with no government restrictions. Now, if you're a business owner and you believe that, hey, everyone should have a mask that comes into my store, great, you're a private business, you make that call. My options are put on a mask to shop there or take my dollar elsewhere. You know, and I believe people are smart enough to say, hey, we should take X, Y, and Z precautions when we're in this environment. But the rest of the time, I'm not putting a mask on. Today, it was 75 degrees here on the farm. There's no way I would have put a mask on for that. I mean, good Lord, that's ridiculous. So the first thing I would do is would be to open up Pennsylvania with no government restrictions whatsoever. Which doesn't mean that if, if you want to wear a mask, by all means, wear a mask. I don't care. It doesn't impact me. But don't tell everyone else that they must wear a mask because you're afraid. It makes sense. I say this on my show all the time. It makes sense. And then I, I lean back and I'm like, and yet nothing gets done. Nothing gets right. fixed, right? And I think it's because, again, we have this portion of people who who they want to be controlled. So let's talk to them right now, Tim. You know, there, there are people who look at it and they say, well, you need to make sure, Tim, that you and your folks who are more okay with COVID, I guess, ugh, that you guys aren't going to get us sick and, and you guys are putting us at danger. How do, how do we reach people who are in this mentality that they are in this constant state of perpetual fear? Well, the first thing you have to do is explain to them that, that all life has risk. You drive a car, you take a risk. You walk outside 
in a, a thunderstorm, you take a risk. You go swimming in the ocean, you take a risk. You accept certain risks if the reward is agreeable to you. Swimming right. in the ocean, oh, it's fun, we're having fun. You could be eaten by a shark. That's why I don't swim in the ocean. I've never been eaten by a shark because I don't swim in the ocean. Um, certainly, I realize that the odds of that are pretty slim, but why take that chance? I've seen Jaws. Um, you know, so the other way is is to just kind of engage them and like, listen, if you want to wear a mask, by all means, please continue to wear a mask. Get a vaccine if that's what you want to do. That's fine. The problem where where I have is when you apply the terms government mandated in front of anything. Well, doesn't that mean keep people safe? When you see government mandate, like the government mandated masks in Texas, I mean, everybody saw when they lifted that that mask mandate there, Tim, that th- the cases just skyrocketed, right? Yeah, except they didn't. Same oh. with Florida. Mm. They reopened Florida and everything's fine. Can't, Texas, can't let that get in the way of a good narrative, though, Tim. Come on. I know. I know. You know can't let facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> well, people right now um, who are looking to maybe get back to, to real life, they're probably looking to uh, either A... Uh, restart their careers or pick up where they left off or B, find a new career probably entirely because, I mean, if you are looking at Yelp, if you were a small business or a restaurant, uh, two-thirds of those that closed, they're not reopening, folks. So you might be looking for a new job. So right now, the economic prospects for a lot of folks out there are ugh, a little little iffy. And, and I know we're going to be probably seeing this artificial boom here in the next year or so um, that will inevitably be met by a very, very big bust. But Tim, to those folks, what is the libertarian solution to this economic conundrum that we have found ourselves in, particularly those who have lost their jobs during COVID-19? So I don't want to speak for all libertarians because God knows there's a, there's enough of those already. God bless. Folks for other, other libertarians. But what I would do is I would increase or rather decrease the regulation and the onerous laws that prevent small mom and pop shops from opening their business, opening a small business. So if you can produce a product that people want, that's safe, that's reasonably priced out of your kitchen, why should you not be able to start a business selling that? What that would do is that would lower point of entry for small businesses so that the mom and pop shop can make their jellies and jams or their cheeses or their baked goods and put enough money back to maybe buy a storefront so now they can employ somebody you know so that's that would that that is definitely something i'm extremely passionate about because i I don't know if you know it or not but i do run a, a farm here in york county and the regulations that we have to go through to sell any kind of meat or milk to anyone is absolutely insane now it's it's crazy yeah i could give you that meat i could give you that milk i could make cheese out of that milk and give it to you i can make butter or ice cream or kefir or yogurt or we could slaughter the animal here and and cut up all the meat and i could give that to you but if you give me a dollar for that i'm a criminal so that's one thing that definitely needs to change and that is that is definitely some some laws and some regulations that i would look to repeal but Tim, what about minimum wage? I mean, don't we have to have a minimum wage out there for folks so they can live lives? We do have a minimum wage. It's zero. If you're not working, you're not getting paid. Period. End of discussion. All the minimum wage does is raise or it increases the barrier of entry for the low skilled or the just entering the job market or 
the returning to the job market employee. It prevents the small business from hiring another person, or it forces the small business to fire one of their two employees. So in my world, the minimal, true minimum wage is zero. It's wild. The I'm picking on my friends on the left because it's easy. Um, it's it's wild when I see the uh, the 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 different ideas that they'll have. So there'll be four open borders, um, but then for a minimum wage, and then you'll say, okay, well, what are these people who are coming to America who are low skill workers? What are they going to do? Oh, well, they'll work at you know, and they'll probably give some derogatory, you know, answer like, oh, they'll be like a maid or they'll clean at a hotel, right? But you'll be like, okay, but like those hotels have to pay like $15 an hour now. Where's that money coming from? Like, I know we have the magic money tree, but that only goes so far. The companies don't have the magic money tree. And, yeah, and you, well, what, it, what it'll do is it will actually force more of these folks into the shadows bingo. because the company is not going to pay $15 an hour. You beat me to the punch. Seven dollars an hour, cash money under the table, and say you you don't tell, I don't tell. Yep, it now, creates more as, dark markets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like as a, as a libertarian, in most cases, I'm kind of okay with that. Like the government doesn't need to be involved in most transactions, but when it comes to salaries, payrolls, like I understand that there's a certain degree of government which is, ugh, dare I say, required or at least mandated. Um, I, ideally I'd like to get rid of the state income tax too, but that's, that's another fight for another day. <laughs> um, and I, and another thing that, that kind of goes hand in hand with that is I'd like to see the immigration project process nationally made a lot simpler, uh, just as a, a personal story as I have, uh, friends who have been trying to become naturalized citizens for the last 10 years. And they're at this point, they're $15,000 in the hole. Uh, they've had two quote unquote lawyers who it turns out weren't actually lawyers that just took their money and, and split that ghosted them. Um, and then they have no recourse because if they start calling the state department or they start calling the department of state here in Pennsylvania, then they're going to be on the radar. So if they do any little thing, they're gone. So I, I think if you make the legal process more streamlined, more simple, it encourages people to come into the country legally but it also removes the incentive from the companies to hire illegal persons so that we can sort of get a handle on this problem because nobody really wants to admit that the size of this elephant in the room. They'll, but, but I will. I, I have no problem grabbing a hold of that third rail. Well, I it requires look. them first acknowledging that there's the elephant in the room. I've used this uh, analogy in the past, but like, Unfortunately, the major two parties in many instances are just refusing to even acknowledge that we are just in this cataclysmic downward death spiral, it seems, as a nation. And I'm looking at the states really as the last kind of beacon of resistance that we have on the, the proverbial hill. Like, we need the states to stand up and in many cases be not just the alternative, but actually stand strong against the, the, the federal government. The federal government passes an overreaching law, and you're a state and you're against it, and say, okay, enforce it. Go ahead. Enforce your law. Do it. Right. Like, we and need to do that. a lot of these states with marijuana laws. The federal government still has marijuana classified as a Schedule One narcotic, which is absolute, pardon the expression, bullshit. We should regulate, as as uh, Larry Sharp has said, we should regulate marijuana 
exactly the same as we regulate onions because it is a plant. It has, you know, medicinal purposes. Um, you know, I don't want to get off on a whole rant about that, but just the hemp in general, I mean, as far as the fiber taking out the, the THC, just the, the plant itself has a myriad uses that nobody apparently wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's because the people who are, I mean, it's all about control, right? So exactly. when we're looking at about, and this is a little, you know, peek behind the curtains, folks. This is how it works. That's control and incentive structures. So as incentive structures are in place for control and power, there will continue to be those who will seek to obtain those positions of power to then craft the laws and, and the rules that we play the game by um, to, to favor them and their friends. And there's this myth that's perpetuated in, in school and in college that the, the government's supposed to be the referee. The government's not... Picking winners and losers. It's just calling balls and strikes. Bullshit. It's not. The government is an active participant in the game. They are making sure that they're calling fouls where there's not fouls. And they're making sure that they cast their their eye to the side when the fouls are actually being committed. So long as it's, it's you know, the refs being paid off in, by the right team. And in this case, we're seeing, you know, Coca-Cola. I love that. Um, Coca-Cola, you know, they're jumping ship from Georgia to Colorado, right? Just as, as soon as the Democratic Party says so. I'm not going to argue about the voting rights, uh, you know, bill there in Georgia, the merits of it. But let's just look at the fact that a company was literally ready to go in a heartbeat at the whims of a political party. It, I mean, that wouldn't have happened. Let's be real. That wouldn't have happened a year ago if, if it was the exact opposite party. For, we, know, we all know it, and I don't know why we're all pretending it's not, um, but we have to stop living in this imaginary world where government is just, uh, you know, a, a referee and, and not an active participant. And, and again, acknowledge the elephant in the room and, and then support folks like you, Tim, who are actually going to go ahead and take that elephant by the tusks, the ears, something, the, the, not the what, what's the big, the trunk? Can you do that? Is it getting weird? I don't know. It's pretty muscular. I don't know. You can throw you around with that. Maybe by the tail. <laughs> so Tim, let's um as we get ready to wrap up here, I want to make sure, you know, we're not leaving anything out because you're obviously out there talking to people every single day and I you're am. hearing yeah, exactly. And you're hearing what's the issues that they're hearing. And I think part of where we have a benefit here is that the filter of the mainstream media is not is not here. We're able to actually make sure that the issues that are really the issues are being raised up and and promoted and and hopefully addressed. So Right now, as you're going out, what would you say are the top three issues that people are are raising up to you? And and then I would say maybe one thing we didn't discuss in the program that you want to make sure that is because it, it's really important to you that we uh, we we raise up so folks are aware. So the first biggest issue, as as with every year, and as a libertarian, it's I don't want to say it's music to my ears, but it definitely makes me feel like yes, this is the right party for me. Is that people are just taxed too damn much? You know, they see that that they're Payroll tax, they sales tax. If they buy a car, it's taxed. If they buy this, it's taxed. They go to the grocery store, seventy percent of what they buy at the grocery store now is taxed, and it's it's too much. And people need to keep more of their money. The second biggest issue is, and, and this is kind of a personal one, is they don't see that anybody cares. It's that nobody has any kind of empathy. They're always whatever a politician does bother to soil themselves, to sully themselves by talking to the people, they're talking over them or they're talking above them or they're talking around them. They're never, they're never talking with them. And that's one thing that I have definitely strived to do 
is to speak with people because I wanted to engage and have a conversation. Uh, the third other issue um, is, is a lot of people are they're really they're really bugged out by this these lockdowns um, because they hear so much conflicting information. Masks are good, masks are bad, stay home, don't stay home, lockdown, don't lock down, uh, wings don't count as dinner. You know, it's all nonsense. You know, so what, what they really want is they want either shut everything down for two weeks and we'll all just play dead for 14 days and come back brand new or open the shit up and get out of the way. And that's that's kind of where I'm at at this point, except I don't want to play dead for two weeks because – I haven't really missed a day of work since this lockdown thing started. So yep. I don't, I don't really know what days all for. Um, and as far as anything that, that we missed, um, well, I've, I've said it publicly a few other places, but I'll say it to your audience as well. My goal is to win this election, which is a, a special election. It's only going to fill out the remaining term of Senator Arnold. So it's up again in November, 2022 um, to run for reelection there. Win that, and then I'm going to piss off back to my farm before I get corrupted by those jackasses in Harrisburg. So you heard it here, probably not first, but this is certainly one of the bigger microphones that I've had a chance to say it on. But I'm, I, I have no desire to be a career politician. I want to get in now, serve one full term and get out even before the pension kicks in, because I don't want that damn money. I don't need that money. Um, we're going to be taking the $125, $130 a day per diem that senators get, and quarterly we're going to be donating that to a local charity. Um, probably not going to take it even at all, so I'm just going to write a check out of my out of my own bank account to do that just to give back a little bit. Um, going to be pushing for a 50% reduction in everybody's pay, including myself, on day one. I don't see any other politicians doing that. Um so those are, those are kind of my, the big things uh, we do have coming up on the 20th of April. We'll be doing a League of Women Voters candidate forum where three of the four of us in the race for the 48th are uh, so far confirmed. We're still waiting for uh, the can I say can I say who it is? Go for it. The GOP candidate has apparently ghosted the League of Women Voters, which, if you ask me, is a horrible move. But this district is so deep red. I I don't want to speak for him, but my assumption is that he figures he's got an R after his name. It's just his seat. Give it to him already. Um, but I got news for you. Come May 18th, he is going to get a uh, a black and yellow surprise. <laughs> and uh, you, you took the words out of my mouth there because I had the uh, the League of Women Voters there, that debate for, uh, yes, the 20th. And folks, if you are, are interested and your interest has been piqued, well, what can you do? You can head to Tim2021.com. I will include that link in the show notes as well as the links to all of Tim's social media folks. It is imperative that we go out of our way to not just support candidates like Tim, but make sure we raise up their candidacy, raise up the issues that they are fighting for, and make sure that we support them any way we can. With that being said, Tim McMaster, thank you for doing all you're doing and helping fight for liberty. And with that, thank you for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. Remember, all your listeners out there, you are the power. Who likes going to the grocery store? You have to pick up the car, head to the store, shop amongst the covid masses, stand in line for hours at checkout, then drive all the way back home only to have to lug your groceries into the house. Well, what if you were able to get all your groceries delivered right to your door with savings up to 50% off of the big guys? 
Brian. Your Thrive Market order has arrived. Thrive Market is one of the top grocery store alternatives on the market featuring hundreds of products for specific diets and lifestyles. So, you eating paleo or Whole30 or you living that keto life? Perhaps you have celiacs like yours truly and you want some gluten-free options that actually taste good. Side note, Thrive literally has one of the best gluten-free pizza crusts I've ever had. Literally have it every single week. And here's what's even better. Not only do all orders over $49 get free shipping, but members of the Brian Nichols Show audience get 20% off their first order. Plus, get one month of their Thrive membership for free. So head over to the show notes and click the link for your exclusive Thrive Market offer and start skipping the grocery store today. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by peaking interest. And what better way to peak some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor of The Brian Nichols Show, so do me a favor. Head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order, and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Tim McMaster running for state senate here in Pennsylvania. If you enjoyed today's episode, well, do me a favor, make sure you go ahead and share the episode and go ahead and support Tim's campaign. I will include the link for uh, Tim's campaign as well as all of his social media in the show notes. So please head over to the show notes, give him some support. And while you're there, go ahead and uh, follow me on my different social medias, which are also included in the show notes. You can do that at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Minds.com, and Parlor.com at B. Nichols Liberty. And then, folks, if you want to go ahead and shoot me an email, brian at briannicholsshow.com. If you have not had the chance yet, head to Apple Podcasts. Give us a quick five-star rating and review. We charge you nothing here at The Brian Nichols Show. All I ask is a quick, maybe, what, one minute of your time to go ahead, give us a quick five-star rating, and tell folks why you listen to The Brian Nichols Show. What value are you getting as you listen to these different candidates, these different guests, as we have them now four times every single week you're hearing The Brian Nichols Show drop into your uh, your podcast feed. So, uh, with that being said, what do we have coming up here that you can look forward to on Monday? Well, yes, I hinted at it, uh, but we are joined on the show by Chris Goizetta. What a fantastic conversation. Chris is a, absolutely a valuable resource for the greater liberty movement because we're talking about marketing and how we can actually take what we're talking about here in the greater liberty movement and when we're applying the uh, the sales that we talk about here and the value that we can focus on in, in terms of building value, but also asking questions and having conversations, number one. Number two, now we can uh, focus on reaching more people, and, and specifically Chris joins the program to dig into how we can do that. So make sure, if you had not had the chance yet, again, head over to uh, your favorite podcast catcher, hit subscribe, and with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on our Sunday Candidate Highlight Series. That being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for State Senate Candidate Tim McMaster. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.